Bigfoot Society would like to thank the following sponsors for helping make the podcast possible. The Singular Fortean Society has combined open and honest paranormal investigation and journalism since 2016. Visit the Society at Singular Fortean for all the latest weird news and more. Come with us and investigate the impossible. Lauren Smith is the hostess for Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio, which has been on air for over a decade and has completed over 300 shows. Lauren brings with her a unique viewpoint given that she is not only the daughter of one of the veteran female Bigfoot researchers in the South, but she has been conducting field research since she was a preteen some 20 years ago. Nightcallers is a Bigfoot world favorite and along with interviewing researchers and witnesses often features interviews with guests from the documentary film and entertainment industry. Lauren also does a vidcast segment called Nightcallers which features real encounters sent in by viewers. You can find all of this and more at nightcallersproductions.com. Thanks for coming back to another episode of the Bigfoot Society podcast. This week, I have the privilege of talking to Mr. Nico Spedafora from the Fossil Team in the Clackamas County area of Oregon. This is a great, fun interview with Nico all about fossils and dinosaurs and Sasquatch. And I think you'll be very interested uh, to see how this might all uh connect but definitely uh sit back uh enjoy this interview with nico spedafora uh, from the fossil team in the portland oregon area all right thanks for hanging out with another episode of the bigfoot society uh, podcast live on youtube uh we got a few people hanging out with us already uh, i'm going to uh, shout out a few comments we got we got william goble says oh yes all right thanks for hanging out and we got carrick from crash course cryptozoologies says very excited and we got my buddy tate already uh, given me the info I was going to ask for. Sounds great. Thank you. Good, sir. Uh, <clears throat> we've got a great show for you tonight. We've got uh, a new friend uh, from east of Portland, the Clackamas County uh, area I'll bring on in a few minutes, but wanted to say that uh, if you stumbled upon this broadcast on YouTube, uh, Bigfoot Society is a podcast where I interview people in the cryptozoology uh niche and uh talk about bigfoot talk about mothman talk about all sorts of weird stuff but it's a lot of fun and um you can uh find this in podcast form if you want to listen to it later on itunes iHeartRadio, all that good stuff um next week we will be having a recap episode uh, uh from cryptid con which is happening this weekend so i'll have a few friends on thanksgiving week so we will uh, that will not be live. It'll be pre-recorded on Clubhouse, but you should join us on Clubhouse. Uh, you can find more info about that on at Bigfoot Society on Instagram. And but uh, when we return to our live schedule, uh, next one will be twelve three December third, and we'll have Mr. Ken Gearhard on uh, the uh, cryptozoologist on there to talk about all sorts of cool stuff. So I met Ken at the Van Meter Visitor Festival, so I can't wait to talk to him live on the podcast on Bigfoot Society YouTube channel. So let's get on into it. And uh, we will, I'll bring on my friend, a uh, new friend, uh, Nico, but um, also just want to say real quick, uh, 
Let's get the banner up here. Here we go. If you have a question for Nico, we definitely like having uh, questions put in the chat so I can put those in as we go along. Uh, we'll be talking about all different things uh, with Nico. But if you have a question, use uh, the, the word question in caps so I can pick it out uh, from the chat easily. And then uh, I will start to uh, put those in. Uh, all righty then. So let's go ahead and bring Nico on. Here we go. All right, Nico. Hello. How's it going? Oh, uh, and excellent. It's going real good. How are you? Forgot to unmute you, my friend. <laughs> oh, bleh. anyways. Uh, so Nico Spatifora, uh, from the fossil team, uh, and, uh, introduction for yourself uh you've got a this is going to be a very unique interview you are all sorts of cool things you are uh owner and lead lead educator of the fossil team you're also a tracker and a wilderness educator and you've also got uh some other things going on which we will chat about uh later but tell me let's start here so what is the fossil team that's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> it looks uh, pretty cool. Yeah. So the Fossil Team, uh, it's a company that my wife and I started uh, where I take all of these things behind me here, uh, which for those of you who can't see, it's a bunch of fossils mm. um, to classrooms and, and platforms like this and, and all over and talk about paleontology like dinosaurs. Most of these behind me are uh, uh, megafauna from, you know, the Ice Age and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, talk about dinosaurs and and teach and it's a lot of fun. And for those of us, uh, for those of the listeners who might not know what the word megafauna is, do you mind uh, what what is it when we're talking about megafauna? Great question. Megafauna uh, refers to large animals. So when I tend to use the term megafauna, I'm talking about like saber tooth cats and woolly rhinos and giant ground sloths and mammoths and stuff like that. But awesome. Uh, megafauna can also refer to some large animals that are alive today, like elephants and rhinos and lions and stuff like that. That's awesome. That is awesome. How long have you guys been doing the fossil team for? Uh, we've been doing the fossil team. It's been kind of light. Uh, it started as a bit of a, like a passion project, just kind of doing it on the side to, um, you know, kind of share my passion. And now we're starting to try and make it a, a bit bigger and, uh, nice. So give or take about two or three years now. Okay. Very cool. And so you are, you're based out of, let's say, uh, you said East of Portland, uh, Clackamas County region. So kind of out there in the, uh, you could say like the Mount hood, uh, forest area, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, um, so I've been to Portland, but I haven't been out in that area yet. So we're talking like uh, you you get outside of Portland. It gets pretty wild pretty quick, I hear. Or how is it out there? Yeah, um, it, it it does get pretty wild. Um, the uh, animal life out here, uh, just the other day, we had somebody post on this little app that talks about, you know, it's just like talking things in the neighborhood and stuff like that and somebody had a bear in their front yard and, oh that's um, awesome so i mean not recently and by recently i mean like months ago but <laughs> they're around right now um cougar sightings were fairly recently though. okay um, that's that's crazy yeah 
So I got to ask you, so you've got a multitude of uh, fossils. I mean, for people that haven't uh, watched the YouTube yet, if you're just on the audio podcast, what you're missing right now is Nico has two saber tooth, uh, saber tooth tiger skulls behind his right shoulder, which is pretty wild. And uh, I was checking out your Instagram uh, earlier and you've got all sorts of stuff in your audience. Where are you are in your office? Where are you picking up these uh, these fossils from? I get them from a num number of places. Um, first of all, there there's one saber tooth cat behind me. The the smile. Oh snap! The other okay. One, uh, the other one is a short faced bear, um, Arctotus. Oh yeah, yeah, no way. Okay, those are yeah. I've seen um, I've seen uh, pictures of those in uh, museums, and those are the coolest. Like they're huge, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're like your prehistoric crazy bears. Um, definitely, uh, when they stand up, they, they give Sasquatch a run for its money. So <laughs> how, how tall are they? How tall are they when they're standing up? Um, well, of course they're not around anymore. Thank goodness. Right. Um, they're about, if I, uh, uh, if I remember correctly off the top of my head, like, um, 12 feet tall when they're standing up on their hind legs, they're, they're big. Um, Wow. So yeah, if we're if we're thinking, you know, the the normal Sasquatch is around eight nine feet tall. That's why, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, do you guys get? Uh, this is kind of me just remembering a story I heard once. Do you guys get people out there that are like, dude, I totally saw a prehistoric cave bear, or I saw like, do you ever run into that stuff? I I haven't. No, okay, no, good. Nobody's talked to me about that actually. Um, surprisingly. Um, but I, I have heard a lot of the, you know, cryptid, uh, dinosaur prehistoric animal types. Oh, snap. Yeah, yeah. for like, sure. Okay. Um, for, for example. Yeah. Or like, uh, do you guys have a lot of, uh, Thunderbird sightings out there in the PNW? So. I'm okay. also not keeping an eye out for them. So that's true. That's true. Maybe? They could be right, right behind your shoulder. You never know. Um, I like the fossil. So the fossil team also, you're doing stuff over uh, Zoom, right? You, mm -hmm. Well, we're trying. So you're trying to, okay. right now, uh, because uh, fossil team is was just kind of like, a, oh, if you want me to come out, like send me a message. Like before, um, right now we're working on like a website and and Zoom nice. integration and and like right now it's still the um, if you want classes you got to reach out and like I'll, I'll post something every once in a while um that fits in with my schedule right now because i'm still working other places while i'm trying to get fossil team up totally uh, but in the near future there will definitely be classes that will be over zoom and and uh nice in person and stuff what is the what is the favorite fossil that you have oh yeah that's tough isn't it it's a that's a horrible question to ask to a dinosaur person <laughs> <laughs> exactly um, I got some cool stuff. Um, I also never answered your question on where I get them. We got sidetracked. Um, um, is, well, it's funny you should say that because I think there's a guy who is trying to answer it in the chat. Uh, William's like me. Oh, yeah. And William says, I fund his addiction. Haha. So there's probably a story yeah. there. But <laughs> <laughs> Will's, uh, Will's my best friend. So ah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but yeah. Uh, I get them from a number of places. One of the places is uh, this really cool place called Bone Clones, um, and Bone they clones. Uh, they're actually a good one to bring up because they sell the uh, um, 
Grover Krantz. Uh, oh, really? Replica. So, oh, nice. Uh, reconstruction. So uh, Bone Clones is one place. Uh, another place is this uh, this place called Gaston Design. Um, I recently purchased a Stegosaurus plate from them. And uh, it's, it's oh, cool. not in the camera, but I'm looking at it right now. So <laughs> I've seen a picture of that and it is massive. Mm -hmm. yeah, That's very cool. cool. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to guess that you are, you look a, a little bit younger than me, but I'm going to guess that there was a certain move Did a certain movie kind of kick off your love for this or what was it that kicked off the <laughs> love for the fossils? Um, there, there is definitely a movie. Okay. Uh, and, uh, I know Tate is somewhere in there. I think I saw him comment on it too. Uh, it's uh, it may or may not have something to do with Jeff Goldblum and and you know that crew. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, <laughs> dude. Yeah. So the whole Jurassic Park thing. I mean, and it's crazy. Like, um, like I have a six year old, and he is bonkers into dinosaurs still. Like crazy. So much so, like it was like he's two or three years old, and he's like saying paleontologist and saying he wants to be a paleontologist and like. He's totally going for it. So every every day, everything he learns at school is him working towards being a paleontologist someday. But we will see. We'll see. You also, and I think this is interesting because I was doing a little research on you. And so you're a tracker. Can you tell me more about like what does it mean to be a tracker? Uh, yeah. So uh, tracking is mm -hmm. uh, kind of the you know layman's term is it's looking at an animal track and being like, oh, what is that? Like, um. But uh, there's there's much more to it. It's basically looking at the land and seeing the story that the animal's leaving behind. It's it's much more than like looking at a paw print in the ground and and being like, oh, that's a bear. Um, it's like following those tracks and finding out like where that bear went, what that bear was doing, where mm. that bear is going, and and so on and so forth, um, and. I mean, I guess the tracking is kind of what got me into the Bigfoot stuff. Really? For, um, a little bit, yeah. Um, among other things, but yeah. Hmm. Um, my, so my father, um, for a long time, and I want to say he still does a lot of this. He was a naturalist. And so he had a lot of like really interesting books in his office I would read as a little kid. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> One of them uh, was the the tracker I believe it was the tracker by Tom Brown. Oh yeah. Uh, it's a really interesting book because it, so it's got great stories in it about how he used to get treated by crazy feral dogs in the pine barrens in New Jersey, but also like it really goes into detail about like what it is to track the stories you can get through tracking and how you can get like really good at it and see stuff that is like the normal person would not see. Mm -hmm. So like I totally get it. That, like you can tell a story uh, through tracks when you get really, really good at it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, the book you're referring to the tracker by Tom yeah. Brown Jr. Uh, fantastic book. Uh, no Tom Brown Jr. Son. Uh, oh, cool. Third, he's a good friend of mine. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's cool. Cause like, man, uh, I want to say in one of the books, like Tom Brown Jr. Becomes like he goes all over the, the place looking for people that are missing and, and stuff like that. So 
Very, very cool. Uh, the wilderness educator portion. How does that work into to things? I yeah, like well, that. so that's my main job right now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I uh, I go out in the woods uh, with a group of usually kids, uh, and uh, I drive the bus out, and nice. we get out in the woods, and we go and uh, survive without you know dying because <laughs> i still got to right no <laughs> i'd be bad at my job if uh you know i was dead so uh <laughs> but um yeah we uh we go out we, we build fires we build shelters and of, of course we track that's like kind of my favorite thing to do out there with them and uh uh yeah so, okay so this is interesting so you're taking a group uh, probably, so you've got a group of, of kids, you're teaching survival stuff. Is this in the, that Mount Hood Clackamas region? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Have you, so, Oh boy. It's, it's funny because, uh, yeah. uh, the, the thing that got me into Bigfoot happened while teaching. I was, I was working my way towards that. I'm very interested to hear that story. Go ahead. Oh, start now. Yeah, why not? Go ahead. Okay, sure. All okay, right. so uh, this happened uh, right before COVID hit. Okay, um, and uh, I was teaching a group. Um, the the way our our camps are structured, um, there's our summer camps, which are like week long camps, and then we have you know spring break and, and you know all the break camps. But then in between, we have all the year round stuff, so like homeschool classes and apprenticeships and stuff like that, and. Uh, this was a homeschool class that I had been teaching all year. Um, and uh, there's, there's a lot of like, everything's connected things going on here, which is really interesting. Okay. This class, I think it was like the week before or the, or two weeks before this happened. I actually took this group of kids to the North American Bigfoot center. Nice. Because I was like, why not? We're driving past it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so we, uh, were out there and we were doing, uh, trail cameras. We had been uh, using trail cameras all year. Uh, and we had a specific spot that we were going to, and we were, um, putting the cameras and we check them once a month. And we had a ritual that we do every time we go in the same way in this or out the same way. And, uh, we started to notice over the like month or two before that, um, this uh that the animals were starting to kind of move out of the area um Ooh. before we were getting lots of bobcat and elk and deer and coyotes and stuff like that and um this specific spot the animals were moving out of and um we figured it was because other classes were um kind of starting to figure out where i put that spot and we're going there to track because okay like, we put it in the middle of this area and it had like the sand pit basically in the middle of the area. And so it left great tracks. And so we'd go, we'd try to, before we looked at the pictures, we'd, you know, try to see what tracks were there and um, then match them up with pictures. Right. But um, so, you know, we, this, uh, this specific uh, month, the, there was like no pictures. And so we decided, all right, next week, let's go pick a different spot. Let's go track and see if we can find a more active spot. Right. Um. And so we decided to go uh, all the way out to the other side of this location. It's a 300 acre property. Oh, wow. And uh, 
most people don't go to one side of it because it takes all day to walk there. Um, and so we decided to go uh, and the kids were like super into it. And they were like, let's just get to the other side and put the camera and that'll be our day. Um, and so that's what we did. We started walking out there. Uh, I was with my, um, my work partner, um, which in another podcast, uh, I told this story and uh, are you talking I, about I, the forest floor? Yes. The forest floor. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I still don't know if he'd be okay with me telling his name. So I'm going to call him Jeff. Like I did in that one. Hey, uh, sidebar, if you want to hear another one that Nico has been in, you have to join the Forest Floor Patreon and support a really cool, uh, this, this stuff that Emily is doing is really awesome. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, she's awesome. Yeah. You should definitely look into it if you haven't. Totally. Um, so anyway, uh, we're leading the group. Uh, and... We, uh, you know, we're hanging out in this area over there for like lunch and stuff. And then we start walking into this area we call the willows. Mm. And um, there's kind of like this threshold, right? So like the willows, nobody goes into the willows because it's just like thick and there's tons of trees falling over because it's it. funny enough. It's it's made out of willow or we call it the willows and there's some willows, but it's mainly alder and cottonwood. Uh, And uh, because this area is a dried out lake bed, like the, they fall over all the time. And so it's kind of a dangerous place to be, especially when it's windy. Um, and so uh, that's why we we're putting the cameras in there, because that's where all the animals were. They were avoiding the people. Um, and so we walked basically around it um, and we're kind of walking back into it because we're following this trail that um, kind of, you know, was pretty, pretty active. A lot of elk sign. Um, and uh there's this like threshold as you're walking into it. And as I'm about to walk into it, I get this like overwhelming feeling of being watched. Oh, wow. And like, it stopped me in my tracks. And and this is a feeling I, I felt before, um, but not to this like power, like, but what I was telling Emily and, uh, well, I'll tell you now, uh, prior to doing all the stuff I do now, I used to do, I was an intern at the, uh, the zoo. And oh, cool. Okay. Nice. With, tons of different animals like i've had lions in my face like, oh man so i've like elephants lions rhinos polar bears like i've worked with tons of predators i mean elephants and rhinos aren't predators but they growl so right <laughs> um but uh, i got this feeling and specifically out in this area i was like all right there's cougars and bears like mm-hmm. I've, I've run into those before but like this is a little weird, right? And the kids just kind of didn't care. They just kept walking. They didn't feel it, weirdly enough. Um, but then Jeff, he comes up behind me, and he's, he's like, hey, dude, what's wrong, right? And I'm like, nothing, nothing, right? And we, we walk in, right? And we're following this trail. This is it's a very clear people trail because there's also there's neighbors, and the neighbors sometimes walk the area, and some of them have horses and tear up the trails. But okay. um, we're walking down this trail, and I feel like I'm being watched still this whole time, and I'm looking around. I'm just like, look going on and we come to this part where this animal trail kind of crosses the people trail um and right before i walk over it to my right i hear a growl Mm. like this deep guttural growl it's like a and oh man stopped me in my tracks again and i was like uh (laughs) um what (laughs) like and uh 
we're going through like like I'm just like flipping through the pages trying to figure out what yeah. this thing is, like connecting it with all of the animals I've worked with and that I know oh, that are man. out there. Um and I'm like, what what made this growl? And and uh kids just keep walking again. They walk right past us. They're comfortable in the woods, and so um they just kept going, we're talking, and Jeff comes up behind me again and he's he's like, dude, this sick dead stuff, what's wrong? And this time I tell him, like, all right, last back there, I felt like I was being watched. Um, I just heard his growl, dude. And he goes, oh, cool. Like, sweet, let's let's listen, right? And so, like, I, I do this thing where I, like, I cut my ears. Yeah, yeah, totally. Try and, like, you know, focus the sound that's in front of me. And I'm trying to listen for anything moving, anything, like, breathe, any sound. Trying to pinpoint it. And Jeff, he's, you know, he's just kind of standing there with his arms crossed. And uh, he starts moving, uh, hearing something move behind us. Oh, no which I didn't catch because I was so hyper-focused on what was in front of me. Right. Um, and so he kind of, he tells me, he's like, dude, I'm hearing something behind us. And he, and he walks over. I'm really bad with distance, but he walks some like 10 yards away, I guess maybe. And um, is listening over there. And uh, I'm, I'm looking at the kids. The kids have now figured out that we're stopped and we're not paying attention to them. And, and we're normally like, you know, goofy and bouncing all around because, you know, right. and uh, we're being all serious and they're starting to freak out now because um, mm. this was like the age range too. like with this specific homeschool school class. It was a smaller day. Uh, so normally we split them up into age groups or grades, grades because they're homeschool. But right. um, and uh, but this was just like a mixed group. And uh, so there was some like kindergartners and there was fifth graders and all in between and um these kids stop and they're freaking out. They're like, what's going on? What's going on? And I kind of look at him with this like dead face and just like, Shh. Oh boy. Yeah. And then they're like, uh Oh yeah. They they're like, we, we know yeah. <laughs> shut up. Like he's something's going down. And uh, at this point I'm like turning towards Jeff and I'm getting ready to walk towards him. And that's when I hear the growl again, but the growl this time was a tiny bit different. It was a, <gasps> Oh man. And I went, no way. <laughs> that sounded like an ape. <laughs> I was going to ask you if it reminded you of anything from the zoo. Wow. Yeah. Um, sounded like an ape. Oh, and man. I was like, we're in Oregon. Like, <laughs> yeah. What else oh, could that boy. be? And so, yeah, to, to kind of speed the story along, like I went over and told Jeff about it and the kids were freaking out again. And they still, none of the kids were hearing this, which is still so odd to me. Um, but then um, Jeff and I are trying to figure out what to do. Like, cause we were going to kind of continue going. Cause um, this area is like a big, big circle or a big square really. Okay. And we were going to kind of do a whole loop around it. And now we were like, okay, things are kind of happening here. Do we keep going? Because like we're comfortable in the woods or like, if this is what we might think it is, like, we don't know what they're going to do. So do we go back? Like, and then one of the kids walks up and he's like, we should put our trail camera here. And I'm like, like, we're, we're both like, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> um, but like, I'm still kind of in panic mode. Right. I'm like, mm -hmm. I gotta do something like something's going to happen. Like, right. Got to keep the kids right. safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I walk up to the first tree I see which in the willows, there's a lot of trees, but the closest one, I should say, the closest tree, I walk up to it. And um, the camera I had is one of those cameras where it's not like bungee cords to hold it up or okay. anything. it's a strap that you got to tighten. 
Um, and so I put the camera up on the tree. I tighten, I, I put the strap around it and I start tightening it and to tighten it all the way, I have to go around the tree. Um, and so I go around to the other side of the tree and now I'm facing Jeff and this one kid and the one kid, he, uh, happens to be my boss's kid. Mm. Uh, and so he basically lives on this property. And so he, I mean, he wasn't freaking okay. out at all. He's just kind of like looking around and picking his nose, like doing whatever. Yep. Um, but Jeff is watching me. And I'm, I come around to the side of the tree. I start tightening it. And I look at Jeff. And his eyes, like, just explode out of his oh, head. Oh, no. So big. And I'm like, oh, God, I missed something. Yeah. Right? Um, and I, I walk back over to him after finishing the camera. And I go, dude, what's wrong? And he goes, dude, when you turned around on the path behind you, I saw something walk from one side of it to the other. Oh, really man. tall. No and not way. Really wide. Like, like I, I don't know. It's just, like, this dark shape. And I was like what (laughs) like um and uh yeah we ended up moving the camera before we walked out of the area because i realized there was like these triangle this uh, like a triangle of trails going around that specific tree so i would have gotten the one in front of it but everything else behind it i would have missed so we moved it to a tree that kind of got all of the animal trails um and then we left and i ended up going back like as we got out of the willows to kind of go see and and by the time I got back to that area, that the feeling was gone. I didn't feel anything. I didn't find anything. Um, and uh, I ended up bringing it to Cliff and Connor at the museum, and totally, and and being like, "It's like what happened? Like, can you?" Just... And and they ended up coming out and looking, and and uh, they were pointing things out, like, "Oh yeah, when that thing moved, like it was moving from a sa- uh, to a safer spot with a wall, the castle and moating, and all that." And, and that growl is this and did you see any tree twists and at the time i was like i didn't know any of this because like i mean i've always kind of believed in the bigfoot thing but i was always like it's it's probably a rare animal it's never gonna happen to me yeah here we are so um yeah now i work at the museum (laughs) right which it, it that's the next uh that's the next kind of trail to fall in the the conversation so you did kind of say though, so you, you, it sounded like you believed in Bigfoot a bit before the situation happened, mm-hmm. but after you had this experience happen, um, did the, how did that affect your your feeling towards Bigfoot? Just like really cement it, or make you more curious, or what kind of what kind of things happened because of that? Well, that one was definitely more curious um, because. I still haven't really seen one. Um, we tracked one and we mm-hmm. may have seen some eye shine uh, when I brought them back for an investigation okay. to this area. Um, but I mean, I, I definitely am like, I know the real, but like, cause it, it's not a, it's not a belief, right? It's a, right. Cause if, if you believe in something that implies that it, it you're never going to see it. Right. Hmm. But like, you know, as, as Connor says all the time, I got that one from him. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um, so that kind of, you know, I am uh, another thing I'll, I'll, I'll uh, throw out to the listeners is uh, the North American Bigfoot Center is awesome. And if you want to uh, support them and make sure that their mission continues, you can do so by going to their Patreon and seeing some amazing videos that are some of the best quality Bigfoot uh, videos you'll ever see, to be honest. I was watching some of those uh, because I do support myself. And I was like, oh, who's this guy? And I was like, oh, man, 
this guy would be cool to talk to because I'm sure he has a story because it's like you come up in one of the videos where it's like, I, I, I think I can get away with saying like, it's a day in the life of um, the store. And then it's like, and this is Nico. And, and I'm like, yeah, but what's Nico's story? I think there's something cool there. So I was like, I got to talk to him. Um, Cause yeah, there's uh, the community and Bigfoot encrypteds. Once you find someone who hasn't really been around on too many shows, like that's something special. So I'm glad I get to, to chat with you. Um, Nico, walk me through, like, how does it happen that like you're going, um, you have this encounter, then do you go into the museum and you're like, Hey guys, I'm Nico. I think I had this thing. Can we hang out and I work here? Like, how does that all transpire? Uh, yeah. So, um, I ended up like, uh, becoming friends with, with everybody there cool. uh, after this. Cause, uh, one, I was obnoxious and kept coming in because I thought it was <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and, uh, Cliff also lives really close to where this area, uh, this, this encounter occurred. Oh, rocking. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah that's, that's cool. Um, it's also really close to where I lived. So, mm -hmm. or live. Um, so it was like easy access as opposed to a lot of the other places that people were going. And, and we've been there definitely more than two or three times at this point. Um, but um, yeah, there was a, there was a day where I came in and uh, like, just say hi. Cause I was driving by. Right. And uh, see if there was anything new. And mm -hmm. uh Melissa had brought up like, Hey, we, we, awesome. uh, we might need some extra help on, on weekends. Cause you know, you know, Cliff's, you know, is always going places. And, oh, totally. Yeah. And so, um, they're like, yeah, we might need some extra help if, if you're interested. And I was like, yeah, I could use the extra cash and, you know, get more bones. And, <laughs> totally. uh, and so, uh, I talked to them and I started working with them. So, yeah. Um, so they, they've, um, I've, I hope I've been able to help them. They haven't fired me yet. Uh, but, <laughs> um, hey, all right. Yeah, but it's it's definitely helped Fossil Team grow a lot too because I put all that money towards Fossil Team. And, and like, oh, that's so cool that like that can support something equally as cool. And I would think the Venn diagram <laughs> kind of overlaps people that dig fossils and people that dig Bigfoot. So Absolutely. Yeah, I can it's, see that. It's, been an interesting uh you know combination because i you know if you had asked me like two years ago but i haven't even been working there for a year yet but like mm -hmm. you, know, you asked me two years ago like if bigfoot was something that was going to help fossil team grow like i don't know <laughs> so life is weird like that you know who knows yeah let's um let's get a few audience questions in here we'll we'll take a break from our chat for a bit and then uh we'll swing back to some more questions there so let's uh let's just rip the band-aid off and bring out a take question uh i know he's a fan of jurassic park we already talked about that jp but is he a fan of my staple drink pbr oh man tate <laughs> how do you feel about pbr you know tate i hate to break it to you i'm not i'm not a big drinker Oh um, man. Well, that's okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not super into that, that, um, I do partake every once in a while, but yeah, 
um i'm more of a cider fan myself oh yeah me too but i can't drink anymore because of health issues but ah, yeah. i can still say i enjoy it in the past <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can still enjoy it and be dying, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's that, well, that's pr it's pretty much a trade off. I'm like, so can I do this? And he's like, well, you know, it all comes down to what you you feel is better. And I'm like, are you literally saying doing this versus living more? And I'm like, <laughs> I think I'll choose living more. But um, let's, uh, my buddy Carrick from Crash Course Cryptozoology question when you think of cryptic cases like the mokali and bembe what comes to mind in terms of what we know about dinosaurs in the fossil record um so what i'm th i think you're asking is is there like more evidence of dinosaurs in these sp spaces right there's a lot of you know supposed cryptids that are dinosaur like in africa um i used to teach a cryptid class online for uh, oh cool uh, the the same tracking thing because it was just like yeah this will be fun why not um and we talked about a lot of those um basically i from what i know about dinosaurs and and all of that I, none of these cryptids are dinosaurs hmm. i'm not saying they're not real but they're definitely not dinosaurs um the only dinosaurs alive today are birds um so the avian dinosaurs are, are sure, maybe sure. past the extinction, but all non-avian dinosaurs are sauropods, theropods like T-Rex and and Spinosaurus and all that. And and all of the dinosaurs that couldn't fly died mm -hmm. out uh, at the end of the Cretaceous period. So there is definitely no dinosaurs alive today. Okay. So I'm going to throw a follow-up into there. So when we have all these... Um, reports of things like the mokali and bembe what what is your your thoughts about what that actually might be or like maybe just a legend of of the people over there or i don't know who man. knows right yeah <laughs> who knows um, in in the the very little research i did for the one class where i talked about it five minutes sure um, hey, i gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yep um I heard a lot about misidentification. Like, mm. like I know Mokele and Bembe is supposed to look like a, a sauropod, right? Uh, yeah. One of the long neck dinosaurs. Um, but I don't know. Like, a, I guess a long neck could look like an elephant trunk. Like, that's true. Um, I did see a really interesting picture that makes me, you know, like, because hmm, it was talking about supposed Mokele tracks. And I saw those tracks mm -hmm. and I mean, I haven't gone tracking in Africa. Sure. Those definitely aren't elephant or hippo tracks. So interesting. That makes me scratch my head a little bit, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and who's to say that it potentially could be an undiscovered animal. Right. You know, there's yeah. that as well, because there are animals that are being discovered every year and, you know, uh, even sea creatures as well. Who's to say there's a portion of Africa where, you know, not a people, lot, a lot of people go into the Congo. Uh, there could be something in there mm -hmm. that is not a dinosaur or prehistoric creature, but a new animal. You never know. Absolutely. Um, and on that note with the yes. record, um, that goes into the fact that a lot of animals that live in jungle environments don't fossilize very well. Oh yeah. The, Why is that? 
Um, soil tends to be very acidic. Okay. Uh, so bones, uh, between soil acidity and, you know, rodents and other animals that actually eat bones for the calcium, um, bones deteriorate really, really fast in those uh, environments. Okay. So um, that's part of the reason we don't see Sasquatch bones. In fact, uh, Connor's really good at this, this uh, fact, but like, I think the first chimpanzee fossils were found like five years ago. I can't remember. Oh, that I had never heard that fact. That's a really cool fact though. I like that. Yeah, and we wow. still don't have a fossil record for gorillas or something like that. I that one I don't know. Wow, for sure, but I, I believe that's what I've heard. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting uh, fact there. And then on top of that, uh, usually when an animal dies, um, if it's a prey animal, so we'll 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 stay here in Oregon for a second. Okay. Um, if it's a prey animal like a deer or a raccoon or or something that gets eaten a lot, you're going to find more bones from those animals because things are killing them and eating them where they kill them, right? Sure. Um, but a predator, like a cougar or a bear or Sasquatch, uh, they're going to move off. If they start not feeling good because they're dying, they don't know that they're dying. They're going to move off and hide and try to get better, and then they die where they were hidden. And then if anything finds them, probably rodents and stuff, they're going to, you know, eat the bones and then soil acidity. And so that's like, I've been in like teaching out in the woods eight years now, and I have never found a predator bone. Wow. That's yeah. wild. That's cool though. Mm -hmm. Not to say um, it doesn't care, but. Yeah. But it does definitely, uh, it's a lot of good stuff to throw at a person who has the question like, Okay, where's all, where's all those Sasquatch bones, you know? <laughs> we have a display for that in the museum. It is on my list to co to go visit the museum one day. I I've seen a lot of it in pictures, but I mean it's nothing like I feel like you have to actually go to the place to really get it. And that's with any museum or, oh, you know. Absolutely. absolutely. You got to come see Murphy in person. For sure. <laughs> uh Emily from of course the forest floor says Hey, Nico, what's your favorite dinosaur? Hey, that's a pretty good question. Hey, uh, great question. So I'm going to give you the answer I give everybody who asks me that question. Nice. I have so many dinosaurs that I appreciate for many different ways. Um, and I tend to go through dinosaurs like I'll have like a phase. Like, oh, I'm really into Therizinosaurs right now. Those are the guys with the super big finger claws. And, oh, oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really into raptors right now. But um saying that there is a t-rex tattooed on my arm so oh solid <laughs> dude necklace and my uh wedding ring is made out of t-rex bone so i think it's no a t-rex way <laughs> i didn't know that was a possibility you could make a ring out of bone special order nice dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah i also like to say that t-rex is my favorite not because you know everybody likes t-rex and everybody mm -hmm. knows t-rex but like i have put tons and tons of hours into studying t-rex and so it's more just like i like t-rex because of what t-rex was not because of what t-rex is if that makes sense um so ex explain to me that a little bit more what t-rex was okay yeah, yeah. so um <laughs> oh Unless that is that a that's a super can of worms, isn't it? If for uh, someone who really loves T Rex, 
but yeah how, how long you want to go on this podcast <laughs> i mean i don't know if you got a, a summary or we could go for okay. it or whatever but okay i'll, I'll give you i'll right. give you a summary when all you right, come visit right. the museum i'll give you the full spiel nice awesome um but uh the uh so t-rex if you look at a t-rex i oh, let me rephrase it i like t-rex because of paleontology not because of jurassic park that makes more sense that's now. Okay. a better way to put it yep yep um T-Rex is an incredible looking dinosaur. It is like, you look at that and you're like, that's cool, right? Mm -hmm. Like, even if people aren't like super into dinosaurs, they know what a T-Rex is. Um, yeah. But I like T-Rex because of all of the things that go into making it the absolute perfect predator. It is an evolutionary success story. And that's not something you hear a lot about T-Rex because like you know little arms and stuff like that right but, okay they can't clap you know meet the robinsons but exactly well yeah. t-rex was it like it didn't need its arms because everything else about it was incredible like its sense of smell was phenomenal its eyesight right. like the whole t-rex visual acuity thing like no it it could see you perfectly fine because <laughs> if it if it couldn't see you it'd be a horrible predator. And right. there's this, this theory yeah. that comes around every once in a while, makes the rounds that T-Rex was a scavenger and and mm -hmm. it was like a power scavenger and it'd come up and it'd muscle things off and eat the prey. And that's absolutely not true. Like there is fossil evidence of T-Rex hunting animals. One of my favorite ones is this uh, hadrosaur, a duck-billed dinosaur called Edmontosaurus. Yep. And uh, Edmontosaurus was one of T-Rex's favorite things to eat. Um, and uh, there's a, a fossil of one found where the um, two of the tail vertebrae have fused together. Hmm. And in the middle of it, there is a T-Rex tooth. Whoa. Which shows that this dinosaur was attacked by a T-Rex and lived. So wow. that's not scavenging. That's direct predation. So. Yeah, totally. Oh, that's wild. I like that. So that's part cool. of the reason. That's uh, 1% of the reason why I like T-Rex. <laughs> Wasn't there something going around too, whereas like people were, boy, uh, people were imagining that like a T-Rex had wings and like that's like it's tight. Is this is a stupid thing is I don't know. Uh, but they were like drawing like the puny arms as wings. It's, it's just a joke, right? Well, so we don't know. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, so uh, there, T Rex probably had feathers. Sure. Did it have flight feathers? Absolutely not. Feathers didn't evolve at, uh, for flight. Actually, feathers evolved for probably warmth and display. Um. And you know the dinosaurs that eventually did learn how to fly probably their ancestors were like, oh man, my wings are my my arms are like dragging a little bit. And, <laughs> I like that. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> and then eventually they can fly. But um, yeah, the the whole T Rex. Like, I think there's this picture that some artist did where it shows uh, the T Rex covered in feathers, and it kind of looks like a giant sparrow with sharp teeth. And uh, that one's really funny. Um, I gotta look that up. Yeah, uh, it'll probably come up if you just type in like T Rex with feathers or something. Um, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, there's there's T Rex relatives that came before T Rex that were covered in feathers. So T Rex probably had feathers. Oh, wild! 
Yeah. That's awesome. Um, let's, we got, so uh, questions are all over the place, but let's get, let's bring them on. So we got Connor, friend Connor Anderson saying, Hey, when was the first time you realized that you and I were soulmates? Kind of, kind of a little, uh, maybe a little cheeky trolley question, but Hey, Connor is a cool dude. So I'm going to let him ask it. Uh, the first time I laid eyes on you, Connor. It makes sense. It totally makes sense. <laughs> All right. Uh, I saw that you looked exactly like me. I was like, I like this guy. <laughs> Connor's Connor's a good dude for sure. Um, Carrick Scott. <laughs> Carrick's got another good question here. And this is actually kind of, it also could tie into something I was going to ask you later. But what does Nico think of Bigfoot in terms of what we know about North American megafauna? That's such a wild question, dude. Oh. I love it. And I have the perfect, maybe not the perfect, but a great answer for it. Oh, because man. I've been thinking about that a lot. Nice. So, um, a lot of animals crossed over into North America during the Ice Age from the land bridge, right? The Bering Strait. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of animals that originated in Asia came over to North America and vice versa. So, like, a good example is, like, camels, which are no longer alive in North America, originated in North America. Hmm. Huh. Um, and then rhinos and sloths and all that came over from, and of course, mammoths, uh, came over from Asia, uh, lions, bear. Well, I think bears. Yeah. So, um, if you look at North America today, according to science, there's no apes in North America. There's no monkeys in North America. However, okay. there's monkeys in South America. Hmm. So. Bigfoot probably crossed over the land bridge with the Ice Age animals and, and populated North America. Wild. Unless you go with Emily's theory and they might have, well, maybe not her exact theory, but a theory she had that they are possibly their own things that live in North America and originated in North America, making them not apes, but... Um, yeah, it's it's that, like, that is an awesome question. and It is. Uh we won't know the answer to it until we find fossils, which probably will never happen. <laughs> but that is also a good point. So if we look at um, hominid and hominoid and all that, all of the evolution with the evolution of like Australopithecines and stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, the upright posture that we have and that Australopithecines had and all of their ancestors um, evolved because they lived in savanna environments. Um the, the upright posture of also they could literally see over the tall grass and oh, be like, oh, there's a lion over there. Yeah, like, right. So um, uh, Sasquatch, its ancestors probably evolved in a savanna-like environment and well as well. So saying that, it's entirely possible that we might have might find an ancestor or might have already found an ancestor, hmm. which is an interesting thought. That is that is very interesting. the the uh, The blunter version of a question in that family that I usually ask is, um, "So, explain to me what you think Bigfoot is." I have no idea. Fair enough. And, and I I say that because I'm looking at it as a paleontology aspect and, and science like that, like we don't 
have one. We don't have a fossil record of them. So we don't know what they are. Mm. Um, all of the evidence points to them being apes. They're probably some kind of ape and there's probably an ape ancestor out there. But do I know what it is? I don't know. All right. Hey, that's fair enough. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. That, that question will get all sorts of, uh, interesting answers. So that, yeah, that's all right. Um, so you were talking about you worked in a zoo in the past and you, you know, what apes have you noticed? Uh, I don't know if you keep up to date with like, uh, the Olympic, uh, project in like, um, you know, the Olympic peninsula, have you ever, or has there ever been any, um, uh, kind of like nest type things found in the, uh, or any, you know what I'm trying to get at? Like, has anything yeah. like that ever been found in, in your area, the Mount Hood Clackamas region or? I don't know. I, I don't think Not I've, I've seen it or, you know, read anything, but just yeah. kind of something that, that came to mind real quick. Um, oh, I, I haven't seen about, uh, anything about that either. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the, uh, the Olympic project nest thing is awesome. Yeah. And definitely points towards super primate behavior. Um, but I, I can't think of any instances of it being found here in Oregon or in, specifically in my area, even. Fair enough. So, um, I know Clackamas County is a hotspot for them though. There's, there's a, a for lot. For Bigfoot? Yeah. Oh of, yeah, totally. I mean, music. like, so yeah, Oregon Bigfoot highway, one of the best, you know, Bigfoot books is just like, it's like, I can't imagine being a Bigfoot researcher in that area and not knowing that book exists. And then like finding out about it, like 10 years into your research and be like, what in the world? <laughs> Where <laughs> it was all right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crazy stuff. Uh, William asks, Hey, Nico should talk about his theory on woodnucks. I, I think you should too. That sounds interesting. Okay. okay. So, um, this kind of goes with a couple of stories that we heard at the, uh, um, the museum and uh, a weird encounter that happened after my sighting when, or sighting, I, I keep, I call it a sighting. It's not a sighting encounter. There we go. Um, something that happened when I took Connor and, and that crew out there um, to kind of do a night investigation. Um, what happened with uh Connor and I and and the rest of that crew um Cliff wasn't there for this one um we were kind of walking around and um we ran into a group of elk and uh they stampeded away from us and we decided to follow them which was really cool because we lost them uh and so it was like okay we were following this very clear stampeding elk trail that we clearly saw the elk and they disappeared so if we could lose 20 elk what? in the Oh, wow. Probably lose one Sasquatch. But um, yeah. later we had like had a fire at this place and we were walking around the center road because, you know, we drive buses in there. So we have roads, that one road in there. And we were walking around the road, just kind of doing a lap. Um, and we heard something moving and we decided to kind of walk around to see if we can get a, a thermal camera of it. And um, as we were approaching the sound, we heard a wood knock. Hmm. Uh, by this area that we call, uh, or I shouldn't say this area, by this big rock we call Bear Rock because we thought it was a bear and then we shined a light on it and it was a rock. But, um, <laughs> and uh, we heard this wood knock and, you know, we walked away and things may or may not have happened after that. Um, and then we got this other 
story that this guy was up actually near my house uh and uh he heard this like talking in the woods and then there's this big bang bang and it stopped whoa and so um i kind of started thinking what if wood knocks are warnings mm-hmm. that danger or maybe even people I, I don't i doubt that it's just people but i mean i don't know so like it's it's a warning like hey shut up there's people coming like <laughs> yeah um, yeah and so we've kind of stopped doing or at least i have i know other people uh have kind of done them every once in a while but um i've kind of stopped doing wood knocks when i go out okay yeah because you're thinking hey why would i do something that's going to warn the sasquatch away and say okay time to head out like we don't want that so follow up for that so what are you are you doing a certain other thing then if you're sticking away staying away from the um the wood knocks um yeah i mean we we do the calls and stuff like okay the ohio howls and the whoops and and all that um but uh since emily's joined us out here we've we've Mm -hmm. been doing a lot more of just like making weird noises that are interesting nice so like talking to each other like I, I brought my whip out a couple of times and <laughs> although we stopped doing the whip because or at least i think i should stop doing the whip because it might sound like it would knock to people but also yeah. sounds like a gunshot which uh could be interesting to them that's um, true but yeah like talking shouting like um the other night we were at uh uh one of the, the museum's locations we call the blueberry bog and oh, yeah. um across the bog I, I just shouted like hey you guys and like yeah yeah <laughs> totally yeah the little goonies in there yeah yeah that's great did did he did he yell nothing back though no he wasn't there okay <laughs> next time was next time um that's awesome um oh man we there, there's a lot of interesting stuff and william says hey did you hear about the cryptid salamander in the u.s that's no longer a cryptid that sounds kind of interesting I if not about the cryptid salamander because will and i were talking about it uh yeah he, he's the salamander guy i love him for it oh um, nice okay cool and that among other things uh but <laughs> um I didn't hear about it being a cryptid. So, Will, you're going to have to call me after this and tell me about that. Well, there you go. Something to chat about. Uh, Connor says, uh, hey, yeah. Okay. So he's saying, yes, there have been nest-like things found in Oregon, just not as well documented as the OP. Good to know. Thanks, Connor. Um, Connor is definitely, uh, he's got a wealth of knowledge and a fun. I was able to talk to him one time. Uh, He's a good dude. Good dude. Yeah, big time, which is a huge compliment. I, I feel so a lot of people will say Bigfoot nerds and like, oh, you Bigfoot nerds doing podcasts, whatever. I feel like that's a huge compliment, you know, which I think you do as well, too. Yeah, Um, I tell people I like to call my my students nerds. And when they're like, hey, I'm like, what? That was a compliment. (laughs) Being a nerd means you're passionate about something. Exactly. Totally. Um, Have you ever experienced so you're in the woods a lot, you're doing all sorts of survival stuff um oh here's a good one actually i'm gonna i'm gonna stop that one if you're a survival guy what are your thoughts about stick structures i yeah i i mean i know there's a lot of people out there that like them 
Okay. Like, oh my gosh. But I mean, I don't know. They're probably people. I go out in the woods and build things with sticks because I'm building shelters all the time. So like, right. I, I grew up in a, at a, a summer camp and we would, in our outdoor skills week, we would build stuff in the woods that would make a Bigfoot researcher be like, holy mackerel. Like <laughs> and these are like 12 year olds. I'm, I'm not like talking bad about the stick structure. Bigfoot oh, sure. community. I'm just saying it. It's a thing. So, uh, oh, I'm, Oh yeah. yes. I I've had plenty of people ask me about, or not ask me, but tell me about stick structures. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. It's, until somebody comes up to me and shows me a picture of a Sasquatch putting a tree into a stick structure. Yeah, fair I enough. People. Fair enough. I mean, that's what I do. So, um, of course, uh, Portland, we're saying uh, the big thing is uh, keep Portland weird, right? That's the thing. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. So, I avoid Portland like the plague. So, Fair enough. Yeah, because I'm just not a city guy, but anyway. But Oregon has a lot of crazy stuff going on. In your time uh, being out in the woods, wilderness survival, tracking, all that stuff, have you ever experienced anything else weird in that Mount Hood region? Any weird stories or like, ah, oh, that's nothing out of the ordinary besides the Sasquatch stuff? I don't know. I mean... So I brought up to Connor the other day um, at the museum and, and Cliff and all that, that um, a long time ago when me and my, my wife were, were dating, we went on a camping trip in, in this uh, uh, one of our favorite spots. And there's like a river that goes through and, and uh, it was the middle of the night and I woke up because, you know, it's camping. Um, and I was up and I was trying to go back to sleep and I heard this like, like, Woohoo sound like oh weird and um at the time I was like oh it was kayaking at night like that's weird and um I mean could have been somebody kayaking at night because Portland's weird but also um oh kind of matches up with the Sasquatch thing um true in terms of other things I mean there's a lot of weird sounds you hear in the woods but I mean I I tend to try and not think sasquatch okay or anything weird because i mean at least up until recently i was like i know what's out there <laughs> like <laughs> um deer elk elk and deer make really weird sounds um elk do definitely yeah. oh man i forgot to tell you about the the after part of the uh um uh encounter story okay yeah go ahead sound in the woods mm -hmm. um like a week or two later after that happened, COVID hit and shut everything down. And because I live out by the spot, I, I texted all the parents for this homeschool class. I was like, Hey, I'm going to go check the camera. And I drove out there and I was by myself and I walked out to the camera and I heard this blood curdling scream. Whoa. Like never heard anything like it before. And I was it, like, it, probably the one and only time that I got scared out of the woods. Like I ran out of there being like, what the, like, <laughs> <laughs> so I ran out of the woods and I like, I got on, you know, social media and then I, I, I went to all my, my survival people and tracker people and a animal people. And, and I was like, Hey, I heard this thing. Uh, I was in this area. Tell me what you think. Like if you know of animals that scream in the woods and people started sending me recordings and tell me what it was. And I was like, yeah, but I've heard all those things. And then, mm. um, 
I brought somebody else out there, or I shouldn't say I brought somebody else out there. I went back a week later because I didn't get the camera that day. <laughs> I went back a week later after building the courage back up. Um, and uh, when I got out there, there was somebody else out there who definitely had a Sasquatch encounter out there. Wow. Um, but it's not my story to share, but um, fair enough. They, uh, uh, they were out there and, and I told them about everything that happened and they were like, dude, you're full of it. Like you're just jealous because you heard a mine and you like Bigfoot. And I was like, no, no, no. And I brought him out to the spot <laughs> where it happened. And when we got to the camera, the scream happened again. No way. Yeah. Re reproducible. Mm -hmm. Holy mackerel. Did you get a recording of it? No. Oh, <laughs> because, I mean, because at the time I wasn't like, right. Yeah. Anything. I was totally, totally. Yeah. Out there to, because I was out there. So yeah, makes sense. Um, yep. Yeah. But, uh, wow. We just, we, you know, on the other side, there's like, there's this big wall of trees that are all dug firs next to the willows. And on the other side is the road. And there's a farm on the other hand, other side of the road. And the farm has cows and horses. And uh, this sound sounded very pig-like, hmm. like humanish pig-like. And it was really weird. And uh, humanish pig-like, humanish pig-like. And uh, yeah, I mean, horses and cows don't sound like that. So, right. um, but I see Will uh, is pointing something out to uh, talk about other weird things. Yeah, um, I was I was going to bring it up in a bit. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I was, uh, Will, I'm glad you pointed it out because I was getting to that. Beautiful man. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, not not a whole lot of weird things in the woods outside of Bigfoot. Um, but I grew up in a haunted house, so. <laughs> um, let's, let's just throw it up on the screen. Uh, so there's a back and forth in the chat where uh, Can Squatch was saying light orbs and Williams like I don't think that I don't, I don't think so but hey maybe some ghost encounters uh, mm -hmm. wink wink and he's trying to to maybe yeah. bring up a certain story there if you if you would like I, I definitely grew up in a haunted house oh wow um, uh, but to get onto that light orb thing real quick okay. we had a, a really funny thing happen where we were out uh, that story about the big wood knocks after the talking. Um, we went out to go investigate that because it was near an area that was of interest. And uh, we got out there and on our way back, we were walking back in the dark and we saw these lights through the trees and we were like, oh my God, this isn't really happening. Because we were like, that's not, that can't happen. And here it was. And we were like, right. oh my God, is it happening? Like, what is that? And we started running <laughs> to the clear spot and we got out to this cliff and we found it was headlights. So, <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Yeah, but it just like through the trees, it looked like it was floating and moving and, and doing its own thing. We were like, "That is so weird. That can't be." And it it definitely was not that, but it was just really funny. Um, but yeah, ghost stuff. Um, I mean, so uh, there's probably. I mean, now there's maybe three or four ghosts in my parents' house, but when I was there, there was two. Um, Context-wise, is this in? Oregon or this is an Oregon, yeah. Okay. Um, my parents still live in that house, and every once in a while they'll they'll text or call me and they'll be like, Nico, something really weird just happened. Hmm. Um, but uh when I was in high school and, and middle school and stuff, the first encounter that happened in my memory, it was in middle school. Um, I was babysitting my my siblings, and uh I 
to make a long story short, because I, I don't want to take too much time because I know we're, we're definitely over an hour now. But right. um, uh, I saw an apparition moving into my oh, room. Weird. And uh, I ran down there after calling my mom and my mom and I thought somebody was in the house and and uh, I was, was taking karate at the time. <laughs> I grabbed a samurai sword. Yes. You just slice right through the ghost, dude. Yeah, to go confront this person I thought I was in my yeah. room. I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. But um, I called my mom. I was like, Mom, there's somebody in the house. And she was like, what are you doing calling me? Call the cops. And I was like, no, it's okay. I got this. And I ran downstairs. And I kicked down the door. And, of course, there's nobody in my room, right? Oh, man. So. <laughs> wow. Um, but, uh. Yeah, and I like I checked and like you know I had one of those beds where it was like one of those lofted beds and and uh, so nowhere to hide under the bed. There was like my closet yep. was on the window was not like the screen was not bursted out or cut open or whatnot. And, nice. Um, but uh, among other things in that, like I I could this is like another long conversation like the T-Rex conversation. The gotcha. T-Rex one is definitely a lot longer, but. Um, <laughs> Um, another cool thing that happened was, uh, in high school, um, I was sitting in my room under this lofted bed, uh, sitting on the floor, doing the very thing that got me into survival skills, watching survivor man. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yep. I was sitting there watching survivor man and, uh, I was home alone. Uh, and it was like, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night. And I'd like, I'd gone to the store and, uh, my, my, family was out of town and I stayed home because I didn't want to go with them. Um, so I was like, Oh, what house to myself? Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't need to go watch sports. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I'd like bought some, some soda and some snacks and I was sitting in my room and I was like, I just like, you know, I got off of a really, really good binge of red dead redemption. Um, but oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, totally. Band, yeah. And I was, um, I think it was the Alaska episode. I really remember the Alaska episode. Um, I was sitting there and I heard the door jiggling, or the doorknob jiggle. You know, classic horror movie stuff. The doorknob jiggled and I figured my brother, because my brother was, uh, he didn't go with them either, but he was staying at a friend's house. And I had figured like he had come home or something. Um, and so I kind of turned towards the door and I'm like, dude, stop right and it stopped and i was like all right whatever and i went back and almost immediately started jiggling again and i turned to like i like me and my brother had like short fuses with each other at that point and so i was about sure. to like yell at him and just before i yelled at him i looked at the door and that same apparition like phased through the door yeah, turned no and thanks. looked at me and then went Psh, and i was oh, just man. like all right time for bed but <laughs> not fun it was it was future you as a ghost saying be nice to your brother. Yeah. <laughs> just like wig, wag my finger. Yeah, hey. Not myself. Like, don't do that. Don't uh, that's dick. wild, dude. That's a wild story. Um we got uh, a few more questions and we'll wrap it up because we okay. are over the hour, but I got a few more things I want to ask you if you're cool with that. Of course. Awesome, awesome. Um, I like asking everyone what is their top what is their uh what do you think the top evidence for Bigfoot is? Ooh. What do they like? I mean, I could go with the cliche answer and say, you know, Patterson Gimlin film. Right. But, um as a tracker, mm. looking at all the footprint casts and learning what I have from Cliff and, and Connor and everybody at the museum and all that, like yeah. 
it's just the footprint casts. Like, yeah, some of them are hoaxed, but like you look at them and you see like the foot morphology and you can see the like the way that feet are moving and you know the the um <laughs> I almost said sagittal crest. Um <laughs> Mid tarsal break. That's what I was looking. That's for. a really funny Bigfoot nerd joke. <laughs> if you're a Bigfoot nerd, good one. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the sagittal crest is on more than just Bigfoot. They're they're everywhere. So, well, on a lot of mammals, I should point out. Fair uh, enough. But um, like it's huge on the saber tooth cat. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Absolutely Interesting. Massive. Um, but uh. Yeah, I, so the footprint casts are probably going to be my my answer. This is looking at the tracks of these things. And definitely, so um, you probably saw the video of the trackway that we found at the Blueberry Bog. Yep. That right there. Like, I mean, so there was the thing that happened at, at uh, my location and then seeing the eye shine and the wood knocks and some of the sounds we've heard. But seeing those tracks to me, I, like my wife was with me on that, uh, with us on that. I, I want to say that there are so much and many things I want to bring up from that group, that Patreon, but I respect the heck out of the sanctity of that Patreon yeah. so much. I'm not, so this is like totally like you are bringing it up. So yeah, go ahead. I know I'm, I'm trying to like <laughs> not give away the whole thing. I'm trying to the, like, If you know. people knew what was in that, they would be, they would be like, there's there's stuff in there that like people don't realize what's in there it's so yeah. good yeah the trackway it, it's just crazy like looking at that and like i remember looking at my wife and my wife who like she's was kind of like me like it, it was probably there but she's never gonna see anything right i looked at her and her her eyes are just like oh my god like wow this is real and so just like seeing the tracks and as a tracker that's like that that's what it is for me gotcha that's cool that's cool. Do you have a favorite um, or do you have a track, uh, a Bigfoot track cast that you feel is like as a tracker, you're like, oh, that is legit. Like that is my favorite. Um, Not really. No. Okay. And not because none of them are good. Sure. Uh, it's just because one, there's so many. Mm. And uh, also like, I don't know. I, I, I've looked at so many other animal tracks that okay. like i i don't remember good ones i just like look at one and go oh yeah that's a good one i like that and you know mm. write it down or interesting picture and then move on because okay. like because i look at i i know that the tracks that i i see are not going to be the last ones you know um hopefully <laughs> right. right um but yeah uh if i had to pick one though i really like the the uh pnw uh track Cool. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Um, let's end with this one. So you're working at the uh, North American Bigfoot Center in Boring, Oregon. You've probably walked through the museum tons of times, I would assume, or a, a few. Uh, do you do you have an exhibit that is your favorite that every time you walk through, you're like, Oh, that is just so amazing. I can't help but just stop and like look at it every time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a couple. Nice. Um, I mean, of course, there's Murphy. It's hard to go wrong with Murphy. The audio animatronic Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. he's, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's pretty great. 
it's just like you know every time i go in and look at him it's just like a oh i did i i don't know if i want to be this close in real life (laughs) (laughs) um but i really like uh there's a display we have on on bones uh and why we don't find bones um which i mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. Uh, and i mean obviously i'm the bone guy so (laughs) yeah so that makes sense yep um I really, really like a lot of the uh, the video evidence, and and one of my favorite ones that we have in there um, is kind of a controversial one, but it's the Freeman footage. Oh, interesting. Um, I really like that one, uh, mainly because we, we just like to quote it. Honestly, like every time we hear it, or like <laughs> very quotable. Or like we'll just be like, "Oh, there it goes." Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, there it goes. <laughs> yeah, I I just love that for for funny reasons. It's um, funny. Yeah, and like, there's so many other things in there that are super cool. Um, I was trying to pick something other than the tracks, of course. Um, but um, we've got a couple of skulls in there um, that are from Pwn clones. Um, the Gigantopithecus skull, nice. and uh, we have a Paranthropus skull there as well. Mm. And I mean, I don't know. I just I get to stare at them all day because they're out front. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and so that, I don't know if either of those things are related to Bigfoot or not, but I mean, they are because they're apes, but you know. Hey, good <laughs> answers. If you want to hear more about Paranthropus, uh, you can always, uh, listeners, you can always check out the Cliff Berkman episode I did. And he talks about that a lot. That's, that is his, um, he likes talking about that. So definitely check out that episode. I think that was like way back last year or something like that. I was able to talk to Cliff, which was awesome. Yeah. So Nico, thank you so much for coming on and for chatting tonight. Um, I would love for, do you mind sharing with the listeners uh, live and the podcast listeners um, how people can follow you and the fossil team? And uh, maybe if uh, a, you know, let's say a teacher is listening to this. Maybe there's a, a teacher that likes Bigfoot and they're like, I need to have this guy talk to my class over, over Zoom or whatever. Like, how does that happen? Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Instagram uh, at uh, it's the fossil team PDX, I think. Yeah, I'll put it in the PDX. show notes. I'll link it um, in there. Yeah, there's that. Uh, my website is hopefully launching soon uh, for nice. fossil team. It's uh, fossilteam.com. Uh, and, uh, if you have any dinosaur questions or Bigfoot questions or, uh, well, Bigfoot questions sent to North American Bigfoot center, cause right. there's probably people there that will ans- answer those better than I can. Uh, I think there's people there that can answer it. <laughs> um, if, but if, you have if it can't be answered there, it can't be answered. It so. can't be answered anywhere. Right. Exactly. But if you have any dinosaur questions or want to talk about megafauna or anything like that, you can also email me at the fossil, the dot fossil dot team PDX at gmail.com. Nice. Awesome. Well, uh, super, super fun chat. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks to everyone that is in, uh, the chat that there's some great questions tonight and just a fun time hanging out. Uh, if you're not subscribed to this, please subscribe to the channel, uh, share this video, this chat with Nico, and uh, we'll see you next time, uh, Fridays, 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. But thanks again so much for coming on, Nico, and uh, have a good night, all. Thank you very much. 
thanks for taking your time out of your busy day and spending some time with us. Uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Leave a review on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and uh, your preferred podcast platform. And um, if you have any stories, you can give us an email at BigfootSociety at gmail.com. And again, check out the articles we have and more preferred book lists at BigfootSocietyPodcast.com. You can always go to Instagram at Bigfoot Society. And we have a TikTok now. It gets pretty crazy there. Bigfoot.Society at Bigfoot.Society. If you'd like to support the Bigfoot Society podcast and help us keep the lights on, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. And for a low cost per month, you can get your very own Bigfoot Society membership card in the mail. We'll see you there. Thanks again for taking your time listening to the Bigfoot Society podcast. We'll see you next week. Uh, Next Saturday will be a new episode. And also, if you want to take part in the live taping of the episode and put your questions in there for the guest, just remember, subscribe to the Bigfoot Society YouTube channel and hit the bell so you don't miss out on any of those episodes. Thanks again, all, and we'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you.